Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this Transfiguration Sunday. You know, this Sunday forms kind of the, the second bookend of the Epiphany season, because on the baptism of Jesus, we hear the Father's declaration from heaven, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And today we hear that same uh, acclamation towards the Son today, only he adds two words to this hear him or listen to him, depending on the translation which you read. And so we have that great admonition from the Father as we see Jesus shining in his heavenly glory to hear him, to listen to his word, to abide in that word, and so rejoice in the gifts of salvation that we have by grace through faith in him. We have the great joy of receiving the Lord's Supper this day uh, in the fellowship of this altar, so we do ask in accord with the Lord's word as we hear him and seek to do according to his word. That all those joining us at the altar this day be members either of this congregation or of the sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and joining us in that common confession as he bids us do when we receive his body and his blood. I'll turn your attention to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin where we have that focused on Christ section, a summary of the readings in the service this day. The Lord appeared to Moses in the light of the burning bush. Later, Moses' face would shine with the light of God's glory when he came down from Mount Sinai. At the transfiguration, Moses and Elijah appeared with the one who is the light of light himself. Jesus' glory as God shines with brilliant splendor in and through his human nature. By this epiphany, our Lord confirmed the prophetic word, revealing that he is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. He manifested his majesty as the eternal son of the Father, and he wonderfully foreshadowed our adoption as sons. We who have been baptized into Christ's body are given a glimpse of the glory that we will share with him in the resurrection on the last day. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 3, as it begins on page 184. And the first hymn is a procession hymn, so if you give me just a moment, I'll proceed to the back of the sanctuary, and then we'll begin in earnest. O oh God, in the glorious transfiguration of your beloved Son, you confirm the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah, and in the voice that came from the bright cloud, you wonderfully foreshadowed our adoption by grace. Mercifully make us co-heirs with the King of his glory, and bring us to the fullness of our inheritance in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the transfiguration of our Lord is from Exodus chapter 34. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down the, from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining, 
and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 2 Peter chapter 1. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture come, come, comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them to t tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Six days after Peter's great confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus led Peter, James, and John up a high mountain by themselves. This was also, if you remember, six days after Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him when the Lord predicted his death for the first time. That word Peter spoke Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you, was met with a devastating rebuke from Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Makes you wonder if those words of Jesus were still resounding in Peter's heart and mind as Jesus led them up that high mountain that day. You know, for many people, I suppose, six days is enough time for the effects of a strong rebuke to begin to wane, but nevertheless, St. Matthew counts the days leading up to Christ's transfiguration from the day of Peter's great confession and Jesus' great rebuke of Peter's foolishness. 
Well, today, as we walk up that high mountain in heart and mind, what are you thinking on? Would you have liked to have been there yourself to see the brilliant glory of God shine forth from Jesus' face and clothing? Would you like a glimpse of this most amazing epiphany where we see Christ's divine and human nature radiating with heavenly beauty? Well, of course. Who wouldn't, right? I mean, the glory of God revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, we can scarcely imagine what was going through the disciples' minds. But then again, well, we don't have to wonder about Peter, do we? At the sight of the transfigured Christ and upon seeing Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus, Peter opened his mouth. Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. You know, if you were to sit down and read through the Gospel of Matthew on a Sunday afternoon, it really wouldn't take you all that long to get through it. But if you'd been reading through chapter 16 and all that occurred between Jesus and Peter there only to come to chapter 17 and the Transfiguration, well, you'd probably have an idea of what was coming next. Peter was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Hear him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. There is so much to learn from this. Perhaps you're tempted to scold Peter yourself, but be gracious to your brother in Christ. You might have just done the same thing. In fact, we all do in our own way throughout our day-to-day -day life. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, let's first get the context and then we'll dig into it. This whole vision was given to Peter, James, and John for their benefit. God the Father is the architect of the whole thing. Now note the passive language that occurs throughout the transfiguration. Jesus was transfigured before them. It was something that happened to Jesus according to the Father's will. And behold, big word there, anytime there's a behold in Scripture, pay attention. Behold, there appeared, again, more passive language, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. It was God the Father who revealed this holy conversation between Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. In St. Luke's account of the Transfiguration, we are told that they were talking with Jesus about his exodus to the cross. So picture it. God the Father along with Jesus, the Son of God, have this amazing vision in store for Peter, James, and John. And it's all going to plan until Peter opens his mouth. That is when dear Peter receives another rebuke. That was also for the benefit of James and John. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Hear him. In other words, Peter, be quiet. Let your mortal flesh keep silence. What is happening right now is not open for your opinions. It doesn't need your interjection. It doesn't need your commentary. You see, just a chapter ago, Peter rebuked Jesus for speaking about his going to the cross. And now, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter interrupts a holy conversation between Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. And what was the content of that conversation? Jesus going to the cross. Do you notice a pattern developing here? The cross is the reason that Jesus took on human flesh, was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary, and was born to us in Bethlehem. In his baptism, Jesus was revealed and declared to be the beloved Son of God by the Father himself, and also the Lamb of God by St. John the Baptist. 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus is again revealed as the beloved Son of God. However, to that acclamation, God the Father adds these words, hear him, or listen to him as we have it in our text. So how do we put ourselves in the same place as Peter on a day-to-day basis? Well, it's true that we do not see Jesus transfigured and shining with holy light each and every day. Would that, that would be the case, right? However, we, have, we are the recipients of his divine word and sacraments, which are actually far better. God's glory and majesty, they are veiled in these holy gifts, which he gives to you in abundance, which he literally pours out upon you and feeds to you across your lips and tucks into your ears with his holy word. You see, you are God's baptized children. You are God's beloved sons and daughters with whom he is well pleased, and you receive that same acclamation as Jesus because you are baptized into him, joined to him in the waters of holy baptism. And yet, despite this gracious reality, we profane God's holy name. We profane the very name given to us in baptism. Now, how do we do this? Well, it's quite simple. It is when we do not speak, think, or live according to his holy word. Think about it, saints. Jesus speaks to us in his word about any number of things. He speaks words of law by which the Holy Spirit calls you to repentance. The law shows us our sin. He speaks words of wisdom and instruction so that you might grow in wisdom and better love and serve your neighbors and take hold of those heavenly mysteries which he reveals in his word. He speaks words of gospel by which the Holy Spirit comforts and consoles your wounded consciences and he forgives your sins. He gives you the very words to pray as we cry out, Our Father who art in heaven, he alone has the words of eternal life and he gives them to you. Alleluia. And all too often, to all these gifts, we respond just like Peter. Hey, Jesus, I have a better idea. Do you know what, Lord? I'm going to enjoy that filthy thought anyway. I'm going to do that evil deed anyway. I'm going to speak those evil words anyway. Oh, Lord, have mercy upon us. Two weeks ago, we heard the earthly mother of Jesus, Mary, the mother of our Lord, say to the servants at the wedding at Cana, Whatever he tells you, do it. And today the heavenly father of our Lord says, hear him. But you see, our offenses do not stop with the word of God. We act like Peter when it comes to the sacraments as well. We look at baptism, the very place where God adopted us and put his name upon us, and we are tempted to scoff. We're tempted to think, I have a better idea. Instead of sprinkling some water joined with your holy name, O Lord, I'll just continually rededicate myself to you every time I make a big mess of my life or whenever I feel like I need it. That'll work better. You see, then I'm doing something also. and You don't have to do all the saving of my soul yourself. I'll contribute a little something. For any such thought, we should repent. Our salvation is entirely the work of God, and that is a good thing. In fact, for us poor, miserable sinners, it is necessary. Jesus proclaimed from the cross, it is finished. And the fullness of that word, to telestai, means not only that it is finished, it is fulfilled, it is accomplished, it is completed. There is nothing that Jesus left out when it comes to your salvation. There is nothing our fallen human wills and minds could ever add to his perfect work of redemption on on the cross. And for that, thanks be to God. 
But you see, we do the same with the Lord's Supper. When we contemplate this glorious gift, we are tempted to think, you know, Jesus, I think what you're doing here is great. So great that you should just let everyone receive it regardless of what they believe, even if they aren't repentant. I mean, why the restrictions, Lord? That's not loving. Did you actually say that it's only for instructed Christians who share the same correct confession of your word? I mean, really, Jesus, that's pretty exclusive. You're going to hurt someone's feelings. Dear saints, whose holy supper is it? Who instituted it? Whose authoritative word is it founded upon and accomplished by? Whose very flesh and blood is put into your mouths? Perhaps we should listen to our Heavenly Father and hear Jesus when it comes to his blessed gifts. To summarize, anytime we think we have a better idea than God, we act like Peter on the mount. Whether he realized it or not, whether it was his intent or not, when he expressed disapproval of Christ going to the cross, Peter was getting in the way of what God was doing for the salvation of the world. As our Lord told him, you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. As dearly beloved children of God, let us repent and let us set our minds on the things of God. Let us hear Jesus and with the help of the Holy Spirit, do whatever he tells us. You know, when the voice of God thunders in his word of law, we are terrified by the glory of it as is proper. Just as with those disciples on the mount, we crumble to the ground when our sin and our foolishness are laid bare by God. You see, you too came up a little mount this day, whether you came up a ramp or stairs there or off to the side of the sanctuary here. Here in this place set apart for God's purposes, he has revealed his glory to you this day. Jesus reveals himself as true God and true man in his holy word and blessed supper. And it is all for your benefit, your forgiveness, your life, your salvation. Here on this little mount, you have beheld the beloved son of God. You have heard him. Jesus reveals his glory and his love for sinners and his love for you. We see his love in his cross and in his empty tomb. All the benefits and blessings of his death and resurrection, they are yours in his word and sacraments. Think about it. After the disciples fell on their faces in terror, what did Jesus do? He came to them and he touched them, saying, rise and have no fear. He says the same to you this day. In his holy supper, the risen and glorified Christ comes to you and he touches you, forgiving you all your sin, casting out your fears. And he then says, rise, have no fear. In saying this, he not only again casts out your fear, but he points you to the day of your own resurrection when he will say the same again, rise and have no fear. So where does this leave us? Well, the same place as Peter, James, and John. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. This is a beautiful description of the whole Christian life. Forgiven of our sins, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. In Jesus, we see the compassionate face of our loving God who willingly laid down his life for our salvation and also that we can one day see him face to face and never be parted from him again. So as we prepare to enter Lent, we see that the transfiguration of Jesus prepares us. 
We have beheld his glory with Peter, James, and John. And we must keep this in our minds as we again see his glory revealed in a more profound way. His suffering and death for sinners and his ultimate resurrection. As we come down the mountain, put away our alleluias and begin our walk toward Jerusalem. Let us remember the exhortation of our Heavenly Father and hear him. For Christ alone has the words of eternal life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the baptized, that we would heed our Heavenly Father's admonition to listen to his Son as he speaks to us through his holy word and sacraments, and that we would by faith behold him in his glory as he continues to tabernacle among us, delivering forgiveness, life, and salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this congregation, especially our catechumens, that as we behold the glory of God in the face of Christ, we would be transformed into his image, and that we would be given boldness of spirit to share his glory abroad. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, for all pastors and church workers, that God would grant them wisdom to open the scriptures in such a way that everyone would hear the voice of Jesus, to whom Moses and Elijah bore witness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For families, that parents would teach the faith to their children, and that the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in all households, and for all expectant mothers, that they and their babies would be kept safe and healthy throughout their pregnancies. Let us pray to the Lord. For all those who have been placed in authority, that they would serve with integrity and honor for the good of all, and for our country, that division, conflict, and strife would give way to unity, peace, and quietness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the afflicted, especially Earl Burmester, Shirley Dover, Chuck Taney, John Motman, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Chuck Whitby, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, Ted, and Ted Phillips, and those we now name in our hearts. That they would know God's presence, taste his peace that passes understanding, and receive healing according to his gracious will, ever trusting in the hope of the resurrection. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who come to the Holy Communion this day, that God would grant them a living faith to find at this table spiritual sustenance for their earthly pilgrimage and a foretaste of the glories to come. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, your power is beyond compare and your glory beyond understanding. Open our hearts to know you through the glory of your Son, whose saving will and purpose have rescued us from sin and death and made us your own people by baptism and faith. For to you, blessed and eternal Father, belong all glory and honor, worship and praise with your beloved Son and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Good morning and a blessed Transfiguration Day to you all. As we look into the rest of our day and this week, we have a handful of things going on. Of course, uh, Sunday School and Bible Study immediately following the worship service. And then this Tuesday is our January Theology on Tap right here at the very end of the month. Uh, Wednesday brings our midweek school schedule. And then Thursday at 7.30, please note that we do have church council that's listed both in the calendar and the actual announcements. And then also a reminder for any of our confirmed youth or youth who will be confirmed by July, 
uh, that the Higher Things Conference registration is still open. I'm going to get that in this week. Uh, please uh, let me know if you would like to attend. Uh, it's July 25th through 28th in San Antonio, Texas this year. Uh, and again, you just have to be confirmed by the time you would go. We already have three who are signed up. We're looking for, uh, for more. We'd love to have a good-sized group going down there. So if you have any questions, please just let me know. And also, please see the website, higherthings.org, for more info on the conference itself. Uh, also, we have an exciting opportunity coming up in the not-too-distant future where the Concordia Singing Saints will be uh, performing a concert uh, at Grace Lutheran Church in Lexington. You can see the newsletter for a fuller, uh, fuller information on that. Uh, they sent this really great press release out, and it's big. And so I struggled with how to get it into the bulletin, but I wanted to let you know that is coming up. And you'll also see it posted on our Facebook page as well. So please note that that is coming up in the future also. Anything that I may have missed? All right, seeing nothing God blesses to you as you go into the week as his baptized and forgiven children, rejoicing in the glory of Jesus, which we will share as we bask in his glory for eternity on that day when he returns to take us to paradise. I'll greet you at the door.